Hello and welcome to Unlikely Investors, our podcast series with pedestrian TV and sharesies that empowers your financial future. If you've ever thought about investing but didn't know where to begin, take your first steps in your investing journey with us, the boys from Funny Business. Welcome back to week four of our eight-week series, Unlikely Investors. For the next few weeks, we're chatting to unlikely investors across Australia to bust myths and bring you all the info to build your financially empowered future with sharesies. If you missed our last episode with the one and only Flex Mummy, dig back in and check it out. New episodes are dropping every week. Halfway point today, Locke, and I'll give you the hot tip. After watching the market more intently since we started this series, it's clear that the market is always in a state of flux. That's why I'm playing the long game and looking at an investing strategy called dollar cost averaging. This is all about investing a certain amount at the frequency you choose, regardless of what the market is doing. I'm giving myself time to see things evolve. I don't really want to be checking the stocks three times a day, stressing if I should sell. But hey, if you're listening and your strategy is to be on market watch, Sharesies drop their market news update email three times a week, which could be the go for you. Sounds like you got your strategy down pat, mate. I'm impressed. I'm still not 100% sure of my investing strategy though. I feel like I've got to take a test and learn approach depending on the market. I've heard about blue chip investments, but they don't really get my juices going. For those listening, blue chip investments describe the shares of a leading company in a sector that is considered to have a strong name and whose products or services usually dominate their respective markets. It's usually an international corporation that's been around for a long time. For me, this feels a bit bland and boring, but these type of investments do have a track record of being lower risk. I personally like the ETF plan having a mix of dividend paying shares versus solely capital growth shares. But don't forget, companies don't always pay a dividend. They never want to commit to those dividends, do they? A few of my mates bought ETFs when they first started out, which I like, but I'm also interested in value-based investing. Alright, give us a spiel. Value-based investing is focusing on whether or not it is a company or industry that you believe in. It's hard not to be attracted to the shiny high growth potential of tech companies, but I definitely realise I need to think more about creating a balanced portfolio. Applying that diversification that we learned about in episode two. They all try and sell the shiny, don't they? It's important to do your due diligence though. Read a few annual reports and company updates. Analyze the charts. Have a listen. Analyze the charts. You've come a long way, mate. We've come a long way. Chatting about these strategies with a mate makes me feel like I know what I'm talking about. Our next guest is doing a grouse job of setting herself up for the future. If you haven't heard of Bianca Beers, her artwork is out of this world. Not only crushing the creative game, Bianca has her finger on the pulse when it comes to money and investing. She really opened up in this chat, hey lot. We went deep. To hear the story of how she grew up and where she managed to get herself to today, can't wait for you all to be as inspired from this chat as we were. Bianca, thank you so much for joining us today on the Unlikely Investor Series hosted by Funny Business. Uh, for those listening at home, tell us who are you and what do you do? My name is Bianca Beers. I'm a digital artist and creator from Western Sydney. Um, that kind of looks like mainly I work with brands um, on campaigns and at events. So I do things like live drawings of uh, portraits of the attendees. I paint murals. I create AR filters and gifts and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's me. A little bit of how, how did you get into? How did you get into all that sort of stuff? Because I suppose when you're first getting into art, it's probably the the pen and paper and all that sort of stuff, or the paintbrush yeah. and the, that. Like, where did it start for you, and where did the passion for digital art happen? Well, I wouldn't say I have a passion for digital art. I have a passion for art, and then digital is just the easiest route because everything's digital now anyway. So if you're going to paint, you're going to have to take a photo of it, change the levels so that in the photograph, it looks good and then scan it, go somewhere where you can scan it and then do like, it's this whole process. Whereas if you draw digitally, it's already in the medium it needs to be in. So it's definitely like easier 
it's quicker um and you can also chop and change so what i like about digital which i was really scared of um working digital originally because i felt like it was too far removed from you know art pen and paper um but the good thing is you can work in layers so if a client needs something changed color or get rid of this shading or that or that it's way easier to do digitally um, because you have it all separated versus if it was in a traditional painting you run the risk of ruin ruining the painting by trying to edit something you know what I mean remove something or add something or whatever when did you know you were good at it like is this something you're like like it was like we're talking like primary school yeah, I, I exactly. before, before that before that so my my mum or my dad I forget who but they say when I was three I was sitting in the driveway drawing the wind so like I was a drawer from a young age but I, I gave it up for about 10 years or something in my like emo teen phase and I was like no point there's not no career in that I'm not even bother. <laughs> and I got really sad and like never looked at a pen and paper or pencils for like 10 years but then I came back to it and I'm glad I did well, how do you see the world then? I'm sure you're looking at different things now and going, I can recreate that. Or you're looking at like, like going into the city or going to a new environment and going, how can I replicate that? Or you're seeing someone that you're like, oh, I can see that going. I'm sure you see things a lot differently than what most people would. Um, maybe, not sure. But I do see things as inspirational, like certain angles or certain colours or patterns or like someone's face even. And I mean, usually if it's someone's face, I'll ask permission first, but I take a lot of photos. So I have like a folder in my phone of inspiration things, like elements I can add to artworks or just draw inspiration from, whether it's like a flower or it's like an angle that a ceiling is reaching a wall or something like that. There's always something you can use in some way. So yeah, I'm always collecting information. <laughs> we're, we're both big fans. We've been sussing out all your work in prep, in prep for the, for this chat. And I would like to know how, like, how long does it go in? How long does it take to do something like that? I can imagine it varies based on the complexity of what you're doing, especially yeah. when you're pushing into NFTs is something we'd like to touch on in a minute, but what does the normal, what, what's the process? How does it work? I'm like, I'm talking from like, I can barely draw stick figures. So you're very like, interested. Very interested. <laughs> and is this something that I'll be able to learn soon or not? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I, I reckon. <laughs> no, I, like literally practice makes perfect. I um, had a friend who uh, he, he was into the whole like tattoo culture, but he wasn't a drawer at all, but they got him to do like 10 illustrations a day. And within three months, he was bomb, like bomb from not being able to draw anything like not even a flower probably he couldn't draw and until like doing portraits and animals and stuff like that so it is practice makes perfect but um what was the question you asked you how asked long does it take you to do your stuff it depends it depends on my mood it depends on my environment and it depends on the subject and like the level of detail so for example I could draw something in 40 minutes and it could be amazing. But then if I'm in a different mood where it's not coming out as well, like what I want to create isn't coming out, it could take me hours and hours and hours. And no matter how hard I try, I can't get it the way I see it in my head. So it it can take from like 40 minutes to like 10 hours, 15 hours sometimes, depending on my mood and also the level of complexity in the artwork. So is it important for people to understand that you need to sometimes give yourself breathing space and because sometimes you can force yourself and it's like nothing's coming out, then you get frustrated, then nothing really ever comes out because you keep living in that zone? Yes, I find that. Just the type of personality I am, the way I work, actually majority of my work goes into mental health and life balance more so than the art. So if I'm good, then I can always produce good work. But if I'm 
up and down, burnt out, tired, moody, then the work fluctuates and I'm wasting time. So yeah, for me, it's all about, I, I make sure I have a lot of light when I'm working. I have water, so I'm hydrated. I have a coffee to like perk me up, play nice tunes and I'm in a good mood. Um, but also just like life balance stuff, like meditation and journaling. Like I really take that stuff seriously because I need it. <laughs> What's on the playlist? Literally, it depends on the day. So if I'm angry, I'll play some metal because it helps me like get the anger out. Um, but a lot of the time it's stuff like lo-fi or classical because there's no lyrics and I don't get um, sidetracked. <laughs> but if I'm feeling energetic and like I need to release energy while I'm drawing, I'll play like hip hop, soul, um, funk, stuff like that. So I can like kind of dance while I'm drawing. <laughs> Sounds silly, but it depends on my mood. <laughs> you sound like lock. Locke, Locke thinks the music's like a soundtrack to his life, you know? Oh, 100%. It makes you think yeah. about certain things and like yep. it could put you in a different state. Like I listen to yep. a lot of Tycho if I'm working at home from the office because like you yeah. said, it's the instrumental stuff. It sort of feels like a backing track to what you're yes. doing. Like you see yourself it in a movie kind the of mood. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It keeps the mood going and like keeps you in a vibe but without like bombarding your senses maybe like because lyrics mm. are... And like when you're trying to think, it's harder to do that when you have all these other sensory things popping off distractions yeah, hey, yeah. Well, you're working in a pretty futuristic space with nfts tell us about it how did you get into the nft space specifically and for those listening at home who still have no idea what, what's going on with nfts what is it <laughs> this is like a hot question right now like i've seen it's popping off even more currently which is really good um because it makes me feel like i was ahead of the curve which is amazing. Um, so NFTs, it stands for non-fungible token. Basically that non-fungible means like non-transferable or non-mimicable. So like, for example, a $5 note and a $5 note can be interchanged and it's the same value, no matter which $5 note you have. Um, whereas an NFT, one does not equal the other. They are not of the same value. And the fact that it's it's all housed on the blockchain and it's paid for on the blockchain and all these things, it all happens on the blockchain. So the good thing about that is that ownership is absolute. Um, you can see the history of a piece and you can kind of track its life, which is really cool because you never would have had that as a creator before. So I can see who bought my piece and then if they sell it, who, who buys it off them? And I can see the journey um, but also someone in a hundred years could look at my piece and see the history, the record, it's like a record log um, and see that I created it, which is really cool. Like a hundred years in the future. So how important is that for like an artist then in terms of opening up new doors and new ways of, of living? Now you're looking at that space and going far out. This is a whole new world. The blockchain, this is mental. How, how are you seeing it through an artist lens going, Oh my God, there's so many different things I can do. How do you, how do you sort of make your decisions on what, what you're going to do? That's a good question. Um, I am kind of scared of the future. Like this whole metaverse thing, like freaks me the hell out. Um, but I know that NFTs are, they're going to live in that space. Like that's the future of reality, to be honest, like in society. So I know that like I'm ahead of the curve in that way. And I'm not sure how it's going to look in the future. Like, is it digital exhibits and we put on our VR goggles and then we've got a little avatar and it's like we're playing a game but it's like ready player one stuff and we're walking through this exhibit and my NFT is there and it's playing and someone can buy it in the virtual world like I'm not sure how that's going to work but that's how I envision it um, but in the meantime I'm just really enjoying this space and it's cool that you get to see who buys your work and I'm really community-based so for me 
it's important. Um, so the Twitter space is really where NFTs are popping off and everyone's meeting each other in the community. And my buyers have reached out to me and I've now actually made like friendships out of these people. And I'm actually meeting a whole bunch of NFT creators tonight. We're having a little dinner. Um, so it's, it's, it's a much more supportive and collaborative space than other social platforms, if we want to call it that. Um, and other social worlds. So I think it is really the new way to socialize and interact with people. Um, and also another dope thing about it for artists, and I'll stop raving, um, mm -hmm. is every time it sells, you get a royalty fee. So you get a portion of how much it sells for, which is amazing because that's never happened in the history of arts before. Like you sell your painting and that's it. They can sell it on for whatever you want and you'd never even know if they sold it. So it's really cool. What's your relationship with money and wealth and investments been like? When did you start thinking about it? Give us the spiel. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up like mad poor, like mad poor. So we had to lay by everything. My mum was like saving and making sure she like to the down to the sense of how much everything costs. Like, oh, this is five cents cheaper at Coles. I'm going to get this from Coles and this from Woolworths and this from Aldi, like a whole lot of planning. Um, and we had like the sheriffs knocking at our door a lot and the repo men and we had to pretend we went home, all this type of thing. So I think I grew up with a quite an unhealthy idea of how to acquire money. I really believed it wasn't possible, to be honest. Um, and with that narrative, I think I just, whenever I had money, I'd spend it because like before this runs through my fingers, let me just do something with it. And I never really saved until about two years ago. Um, I decided I want a home <laughs> of my own. And I was like, okay, what are we going to do? I had probably a grant to my name at the time. And it was my first year going full-time with art as well. But I told myself, okay, I'm going to save almost everything. I'm not going to spend so much on food and clothes and stuff like that. Um, and when I say food, I mean eating out, not groceries um, and drinks and, you know, things like that. I'm like, I'm going to make a goal. So I've been saving like a crazy person and also meditating on it and changing my relationship with money and introspecting and seeing how, what I believe is possible for me. And addressing that has actually opened a massive doorway for me. And I'm actually, I have my 20% deposit for the place I want to get. And I'm buying it in like this month. Well, not this month, but it's moving February. So in the next couple of months, we got it on lock. Congratulations. And thank you. And in two years, that just feels amazing. And so I guess once I had a certain amount of money saved, which is like 10 times what I ever would have thought I would have in savings, I was like, okay, well, how can I get my money to grow for me? So that was about the same time that I started getting into NFTs. And I saw that as investment because I have Ethereum now and I have Bitcoin now, and these are investments in cryptocurrency. So I'm like, how else can I um, figure out what to invest in? And I, I changed my super to an all green super. And then I was like, all right, so I'm doing that. So now maybe I can invest in some more green companies. And I Googled and I researched. And I mean, now I'm on Sharesies as well, which is a really cool app. And it has the weekly newsletter that gives you tips and tricks and um, places to invest. And I'm also just like looking with my eyes and seeing what businesses I enjoy 
and they give a premium product. They've got great service. Um, let me look into this. Let me see how profitable they are. And I actually subscribed to Science Mag. And so now I'll be getting Science Mag once every two months. And I just want to invest in, you know, technologies like bioengineering, green energy, stuff like that, that's progressive. Um, so I'm kind of picky. I'm not investing to first and foremost. Well, yes, first and foremost, I do want to see a profit, but the whether I believe in the company or not is a massive um, factor for me as well when deciding. And I value invest. So I just invest, forget about it. Don't look at it for five years type thing. Well, how good is it when you just sort of, it's the educational sort of process and like, oh yeah, you start to play the game a little bit and you're starting to see all these different companies. Like you said, you subscribe to newsletters and stuff now where it's like, it's a bit of control, isn't it? It's about, well, no, I can actually, you know, see this path for myself. And if I want to go down this way and, and bet on myself a little bit and do that sort of stuff, has that sort of inspired you to keep sort of going and, and want to invest even more down, down the future? Yeah, definitely. So I had, I've invested quite a bit this year. Um, and I had to take a little pause for like saving the last part of my home deposit. So I'm still in that pause phase right now because I'm just saving up more while I wait for the home loan and this, the home loan approval. Um, but once that's locked in again, I'm, I've been writing a list of all the companies I want to invest in. It's just a matter of time. Um, and I'm not too fast about, you know, the timing, like, oh no, I'm going to miss the dip or this or that. Cause I'm value investing, as I mentioned. So time, time in the market beats timing in the market. So I'm like really that. just, yeah. So it's all about like when you can, when you've got the funds together, if you believe in a company, put that money down, let it rest five years, 10 years. And I mean, you have to, it's, it's kind of like gambling at the end of the day. So it's whether this is an amount of money that you are comfortable to let sit. And so I would never put a massive chunk of my savings in. That's just not something I would do. I'm quite a safe person. So whatever amount that I would think, oh, this would be like a brand new outfit, or this would be drinks for a, like a night or a week or like a crazy weekend or whatever, put it aside invest in something I enjoy and then just let it sit. So yeah. Cool thing about Sharesy's platform, you can invest with as little as one cent. So if you want to- Imagine get if involved, I had one cent coins now. I'll one be, cent I'll be coins. loving that, like the one cent slots. I remember my, my parents gave me, like they were, as a kid, you had the big bags of the one cent, two cent coins. Yes. They were just around. Like well, imagine they were still floating around. <laughs> oh. are they, they're useless, aren't they? Yeah, so many little lollies, fizzes and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. hey, but I would like to talk about like, how else you, you're keeping up the newsletter, Sharesy's newsletter, keeping tips and tricks. You're keeping your eyes peeled. You mentioned some of the companies that you were like your reasons behind why you're interested in companies. We have a sort of question like, do you follow, is it people? Are you looking for companies who are doing interesting thing? Are you following like, what are you doing to keep up with the trends? So it's not as active as I think some people are because I'm not day trading. So I'm just like when something, I'm very spiritual woo-woo. So I believe when something comes into my realm, I address it. I'm like, is this for me or not? cool it is or it isn't boom so I'm not really out there searching the only thing that I really did as a conscious decision is subscribe to science mag because I do want to be at the forefront of science because I'm really passionate about science I find it really interesting and just knowing things that will help the community help our society um, are things that I find really valuable um, what else and just keeping my eyes peeled as I said like for example, I had a little bit crooked teeth at the front and I was like, okay, I want to get them straightened somehow. So I got this company, do you know Bite? It's all over TikTok. Yeah. Yep. So I'm using it and I received the pack, the pack, like the original pack that they do. And it was packaged so beautifully. And so first of all, that shows me 
great product. The product works amazing and they have this system, um, this thing that vibrates your teeth so that it does it faster. It does it in double the time and it costs half as much. And so that to me is like, wow, how can they afford to do that? And so I'm looking into the company, looking into the company. Most of their advertising is via social. So it's cheaper than advertisements and they don't have branches in store. So they're not paying rent. They're not paying for um, a bunch of staff. So they've got all these ways that they're minimizing costs and they can produce a really good product for a really good price. And I haven't properly looked into them yet, but I definitely think I want to invest in them. So that's the way I'm looking at the world now. Kind of like what's good about you, what's bad about you, what's profitable, what's not. <laughs> well, we're just looking at your website and it feels like you've done collaborations with pretty much everyone. How important is that to sort of meet these people and get to know the business and understand what's going on, especially now that you're sort of, really aware of what you're doing in the future and sort of being a bit of a sponge because I'm tipping you meet lots of cool people all the time yeah definitely um I, I meet amazing people all the time especially just through Instagram like Instagram's crazy I've met my tribe through there like I get dms from people in you know America that are intergalactic architects so he is making architecture for Mars what? like he won this massive cool grant job. Like, what the heck? He won this grant. Um, like, he made a structure that they thought, okay, this is going to do well on Mars. And they're testing it with Mars sand with a 3D printer in Mars sand. Like, so really, I'm just tapping into my community. Like, when they were ask me questions or want to talk to me about something interesting, I interact. And that's what I find really interesting. It's more so, like, the people and less the brands. But the brands are really great because, um, you know, you can meet new new people through that PR, advertising, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then they talk about the work you did and it gets spread through the industry, which is cool. But I do like connecting with just the people who are doing like mad, interesting things. A hundred percent. Let's get into your initial thoughts on the Sharesies platform. One of the things that Locke and I love is just the look, feel, the tone of voice, how I guess they've simplified the user experience when you go on there. It's like finance and all this sort of stuff can be a complex thing, but we're, They've really simplified it and talked to us like like humans. I'd love to hear what your thoughts were when you first came across the Sharesies app and started playing around in there. First thing that I noticed was investing by risk factor. I feel like that's really cool because with my superannuation, I'm like high risk, but potential for high gain. So um, I, I really like that. That's a dope function because I haven't seen that on any other apps that I'm on. And I'm on quite a few, to be honest. Well, yeah, we, we've had a look at and play that too. Cause it, I feel like it gives me a better understanding of what the companies are, especially me just being a beginner, you know, and not really having a clue, but knowing my sort of risk tolerance in general. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. I can match it up with the companies and you can sort of get a bit of a start with the companies that sort of match you. Like it gives you an easy sort of entry, I think, but that's my experience anyway. You, you loved it too, didn't you? I just like how they, I feel like this is one of those things where, Previously, I'm the same. I've used other apps. I've used other trading, uh, stock trading platforms and it's very like corporate stiff. Yes. And I like that I, it feels like natural in the hand to be able to navigate and use it around. It feels, it feels like, like an app. Before. Yeah, yeah. It, feels, it feels like I'm, I'm not scared using it. Yeah, that's what's cool about it, definitely. Well, what, what do you do for fun? What do you do to chill out and unwind? Because I imagine being a creative, there's so many different things that would be just spinning through your head all the time. How do you just sort of block out all that noise and just take a bit of downtime me 
it's really about nature. So I love going on bushwalks and like going to the beach and chilling out. Um, I, I do that with my partner a lot. I do that with my brother and my close friends. Um, I actually went a couple of weekends ago. It was so bloody beautiful. We went to this place in Parramatta, who would have guessed, but it had a waterfall and I took my beach tent and I put it in there right at the base of the waterfall. And I was playing like, I don't know if you guys know what solfeggio frequencies are, but they're just basically frequencies that are meant to activate different parts of your chakras, whatever, woo-woo mm. stuff. And just meditated at the base of this waterfall. And it was so stunning. And that's what I enjoy, nature. So it also really inspires me because once you switch off, your brain has the creative freedom to make connections that you wouldn't normally in your logical you know, left, right, up, down brain. Um, so yeah, for me, it's bushwalking and nature things, but also like reading and having baths and self-care, like facials. What about like some of the inspirations that you have? I feel like in, in this space, like are there other creatives that have really helped shape who you are and what, and what you do? Are there people from other industries that you take inspiration from? Like, how does it work? Um, I think not really inspired necessarily by particular people, but more so like the hustle and the drive and the applications, like the way you can use art. So I definitely, my friend Sewa is an amazing NFT artist and she was my inspiration for getting into the NFT space, but our work is not anywhere near the same, completely different. Um, and stuff like that, I guess, when, when an artist, so I have another friend called Martina and she was one of the first people I ever saw create her own gifts through Giphy. It's completely free and anyone could totally do it, but I hadn't seen an artist ever do that before. And when I saw her do it, it's like, oh, that's a possibility. So it's definitely ways to use my art. Um, murals, I, I got the idea to do murals through another artist friend. So it's more how I can use my art as opposed to art inspiration. But I will say an artist, not that my work is anything like his, he's bloody amazing, but look up James Jean. He is phenomenal really really colorful beautiful work and i guess it's kind of feminine as well so maybe there's a bit of inspiration there but um yeah, stunning like he's worked with prada disney everyone he's amazing oh, i love that so it seems like you're always on the the cutting edge of things like you're always looking for the the next sort of thing and seeing what people are doing and how boundaries can be pushed is that the attraction of just like being on the like what's new and sort of is it the experience that people get when they see things for the first time that you love, where it's like, oh, this is a new space. This is something I've never seen before. I don't think it's me wanting to, I've never done stuff to impress other people in terms of my art. I do what I want. So that's something new. I'm a bit bored. I'm going to try that. And so it's just kind of me being bored <laughs> and trying <laughs> new things. So, and it's worked out. Like I never would have thought of me being on the cutting edge, to be honest, but Maybe I am. I don't know. But I'm literally copying the applications that people I know are doing. So I'm never the first one, I don't think. I see someone do it and then I'm like, that's a cool idea. What if I did that and see how it goes? It's just play. It's experimenting and it's just like fun. So what are the goals for next year then? You Financially, you're buying a house. The first one yep. ticked off. Does that mean you set new ones now heading into 2022? Um, I... I definitely want to have it paid off as soon as possible. So that's, so I'm definitely going to be weekly or fortnightly paying more than I, than I'm meant to be, you know, the minimum. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a priority. 
it would be nice to go somewhere like Japan would be cool, um, pay off the house, invest a bit more and just be solid. You know, I'm at a point in my life where I just want to be solid. And as much of an illusion as that is in the ways that I can control it, I'd love to be as solid as possible. Grow a garden, be more natural, go vegan. I don't really have like solid plans. It's more of like an idea of how I want to live, you know? Well, I like that. So does that lead in sort of the retirement phase then? Is that just sort of planting the garden, doing, doing a lot of bush walks under the waterfall? I would love that. Like, honestly, I would love to buy a massive piece of land with mates and we all do our little own earth ships. Like, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're mad cheap. They're carbon, they actually have like a negative carbon footprint. So they're better for the environment. And we all just have a community garden and we have bonfires on Sundays and it's cute. Like, that would be amazing. That sounds like the life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you thought about it on Sundays. You know what I mean? That You've got yeah. all the, the routine sort of set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely have like stories in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining us for the Unlikely Investor Series. It's been pumped to pumped to chat to you and, and learn everything about what you're doing. It's, it's so interesting. So thanks again. No worries. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Are you going to hang a Bianca Beers NFT artwork in your house in the metaverse, Rob? Mate, I love the art, but I'm not sure about the metaverse just yet. But look, we're halfway through the series. We've chatted to Sharesy's co-founder, Brooke Roberts, Aussie rapper, B-Wise, social enigma, Flex Mummy, and now digital creator, Bianca Beers. What are some of the trends and learnings you've had to date? Ownership of their actions seems to be the big standout for me. They don't have their head in the sand. They're learning all the things that they don't know and aren't waiting for people to tell them what to do. By the sounds of it, there are no cheat codes to generating wealth. Putting yourself in the right position to make smarter decisions, like investing in ETFs and letting them do their thing. What about you? For me, I'm pretty time poor, so I'm digging ETFs. Big fan. I don't have to stress every day about checking an individual stock. Instead, I'm back in industries I believe in and watching the long play evolve. But I'm with you 100% on the ownership point, lock. Sometimes I put things in the too hard basket and just let it simmer for a bit. But I'm taking inspiration and learnings from all the amazing guests so far. It's actually not that hard at all to get started. Something Flex Mummy said in our previous episode was generating wealth was her ticket to living the life of fun that she dreams of. I want that life too. On top of that, it seems if you spare some time, space and focus, it can help generate a better future. With only a few smarter choices, you can get your nest egg growing. Financial freedom sounds pretty good to me. Sign me up. It's time to do it for you. Unlikely Investors is our podcast with pedestrian TV and sharesies that empowers your financial future. Join us again next week as we catch up with performer Jaden Rodriguez and his wife, actor Natasha Valla, to chat all about financially planning for the future as a couple. Can't wait. This podcast was developed in collaboration and is sponsored by Sharesies AU PTY Limited as an authorised representative of Sandland Private Wealth PTY Limited. AFSL number 337927. The information provided is general information only. It does not constitute financial advice. The information provided in this podcast has been prepared without taking into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. You should therefore consider the appropriateness of the information provided in this podcast in light of your own objectives, financial situation or needs before acting on any of this information. If any information provided relates to the acquisition or possible acquisition of a particular financial product, you should obtain a disclosure document, a product disclosure statement, or an offer document relating to the product or for consideration before making any decision about whether to acquire the product.